So this morning, we heard from the Lord that you can't be trustworthy in great matters if you're not trustworthy in smaller matters. And that we can't serve two masters. I was just thinking, what is it that makes somebody trustworthy? Well, they have to appreciate what they have. And I think that's something that we all need to ask for this morning, that we would appreciate more what we have, what we've been given, that we appreciate more what the Lord wants to be for us and what he wants to do for us. So that'll be the focus of our reflection. That'll be the grace that we are asking for today, that we would appreciate more who God wants to be for us and what he wants to do for us. And I think Paul in the second letter today nails it. He really helps us to appreciate what it is that God wants to do and who he is. He says, this is good and pleasing to God our Savior who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. One little sentence there, but we can unpack that for a little bit this morning. I've had some conversations recently with a friend of mine who's had some difficult conversations with her father because he's scaring her a little bit about being saved and she is nervous, you know, she's concerned, like, oh my gosh, like, how does God think about this? How does he feel about this? What does God want? And right here, Paul spells it out. God wills everyone to be saved. Now, he respects our freedom, so if somebody doesn't want to be saved, well then, okay, he won't save them. But, you know, for those of us who want to know the Lord and who want to be saved, well, then we're in alignment with what God wants. So this speaks to the goodness of God, God's desire to save. God wants to be with us. I often refer to the dynamic of God's dynamic love. I think I've even talked about that here before. But it's good to remind ourselves that we are now in this dynamic. What do I mean by that? That God the Father sent the Son to be with us. And what was it that Jesus came to do? To reconcile us with the Father, to bring us back. And then what did the Father and the Son do? They sent the Spirit. And what was the Spirit's job? to bring us into communion with the Father and the Son. And once we're in that communion, once we've been baptized into that very life of God, once we experience the love of God and the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God, then what are we supposed to do? Go out and share that, right? Here in Detroit, we're talking about becoming joyful missionary disciples. Well, a joyful missionary disciple is somebody who appreciates what they have been given and what God has done for them and who God is. 
Because you can only go out if you have first been brought in. Maybe you never thought of it that way. Maybe you've never thought of your Christian life as a dynamic. But if God is love, amen, love is necessarily dynamic. Love is never static. Love is always looking to give itself. And God is love, and he is always looking to give himself to you and to me. That's just who he is. He can't help himself. And so in creating us, God is saying, I want you to be with me. I want to be with you. I want to be a father to you, a good, good father. I want to provide. I want to love you. If he didn't want to do that, he wouldn't have created us in the first place. But then there was sin. Adam and Eve, they rebelled, they disobeyed, they doubted. They didn't appreciate what they had. And that's why they fell into temptation. They really didn't appreciate what they had. And sometimes we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone, right? Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Yeah, you can all raise your hand. It's okay. No condemnation. We're all guilty, right? We really don't appreciate what we have until it's gone sometimes. You know, some of you may have drifted from the faith at some point in your life. I mean, we all drift at different times in different ways. But I talk to people all the time. You know, college is a typical time, right? Kind of go off the deep end for different reasons. But then life happens, right? And then you say to yourself, boy, maybe I need God in my life again. I'm kind of confused. I'm kind of lost. That's the typical word people use. I'm lost. And we can get lost for different reasons. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the hound of heaven who always is coming to look for us. Again, he's always coming out to look for us, to find us, and to bring us back into communion with the Father in the Holy Spirit. So this for us has to be a source of great consolation and comfort, that it's not all up to us. It doesn't depend on you completely or on me. It doesn't depend on Archbishop Vigneron. It doesn't even depend on Pope Francis. It depends on God. And that, for me, is a, a great source of consolation, that no matter what's going on around me, I can still count on the Lord to be with me, no matter what. No matter what. And that's one of the things we celebrate here at every Mass. God with us. Emmanuel. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Really, truly, substantially present. In the Holy Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. So God is committing himself to us each and every day. 
He committed himself to us once and for all on the cross. The the spiritual writers like to say that that was his wedding bed, the cross. And he consummated his relationship to you and to me right there. And every time we celebrate Mass, he is making that present to you and to me once again. He's recommitting himself to you and to me once again. And in the gospel, Jesus is trying to say, hey, I'm here for you. I've committed myself to you. I want you to be with me. I want you to commit yourself to me. Because you can't serve two masters. You can't have a divided love. You can't love the world and the things of the world. You can't live for those things and live for God at the same time. Now, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. But let's face it, we all live in the world. And the world is very attractive. We swim in it. And we can't pretend that it doesn't affect us. We can't be naive. That the the lures, the attractions of the world, don't affect us. We're all subject to that kind of allurement and that temptation and that attraction and not that it's bad but it's not the ultimate reason for living it's not the ultimate meaning of life and we have to keep a a proper perspective we have to appreciate who God is and what he's doing for us right here and now each and every day So let's end this homily by praying together. I want you to just repeat after me. We're going to make some acts of faith and then we're going to make little acts of commitment. And these are things I would recommend that you do each and every day. Just like any married couple. It's a good thing to renew your commitment to each other every day. So as Christians, it's good to renew our commitment to the Lord each and every day who, as I said, each and every day recommits himself to you and to me. So repeat with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you want to be with me. I believe that you have given yourself to me and for me to save me and to reconcile me with the Father through the Holy Spirit. I want to be with you, Jesus. And I want to live for you. Help me to grow in my faith and in my relationship with you so that I can become all that you created me to be and enjoy your friendship in time, and for all eternity. Amen.